and Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Sedegatian type spondial metaphysial dysplasia, or SSMD. My name is Kevin Fryert. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sanath and his son, Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Come join us to hear the story unfold. Welcome back to Raising Rare and our discussion with Nikki McIntosh. You may recall that Nikki's son, Miles, has spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA. Miles is now eight years old and was treated with Spinraza about four years ago. His SMA is stabilized and he has regained some strength. Last time, Nikki shared her journey from complete disorientation to taking control back of those things she could, her mindset, her alone time, her hope. Today, we are going to continue listening in on the conversation between Nikki and Ramya, and we will learn more about Rare Mamas, an effort Nikki has started to share what she has learned with mothers who have just gotten a diagnosis for their child. She is creating a safe place for mothers to learn, share, and help each other go from distress to prowess. I think you will enjoy it. And I was thinking about when you were talking about the cochlear implants, I was thinking, ah, I was feeling for you as a, as a mom, because I know that you probably made this, this hard decision um, of moving forward with doing that because it's the right decision for your son. But I was also thinking about what that means. That meant you had to go through a surgery with your son. And now you're talking about, you know, having to get him used to wearing them and just the day in and day out of you make this hard decision because it's the right thing to do, but it, you know, what that really means in your home is it's just, it, there's, it requires so much strength and, and I'm sure you're going through so much. I've, I've done the same thing with my son I've made hard decisions and though they're the right decisions, actually doing them and what that, what that entails is, is really difficult. <laughs> and they're, they're too young and you can't explain to them, you know, this is, this is in their best interest and you're trying to help them. And as a mom, you see them struggling and it's really hard, but you know, it's the right thing. So I was just feeling for you as you were telling me about in all and now the excitement of what that could offer and bring him, it's still such a hard thing to go through. It is, it is, it, you know, right. I remember after he went into the surgery, we were like, Am I, did I really do the right thing? So I guess as moms, we are always wondering if we did the right thing. And I remember right when I was, uh, when when we were expecting Raghav, you know, things were such a fairy tale. We were super happy. But as after we got the diagnosis, you know, after he was born, I started wondering a lot of things, you know. Was it mistakes that I did during pregnancy that really caused this? I didn't know about you know, genetic disorders then and what it meant. But I had all these questions that come to my mind. Did I eat bad food? Did, did, didn't I exercise enough? You know, or did I hurt someone when I was a child and it's just karma getting back at me? So I had all these questions. <laughs> so it seems more of a mom's thing that we are the ones who are carrying the baby all along. And it's, you know, the, the, whatever has happened to the kid is because of 
us, right? What, what advice do you have for moms, you know, who go through similar thoughts like what I just explained? You know, I think that's such common, common feeling. Um, we're human and that's where, our, that's where our minds go to when we're delivered such, such overwhelming news. I know, you know, my son's disease is genetic and it turns out my husband and I are carriers and we had no idea. And so, yeah, there's a, you know, there's guilt and blame are common feelings. And I think we're all in you know, your mind races to why, you know, that's where your head goes. Why, why did this happen? We're looking for reasons and answers. What I've learned, the reality, the hard reality is it's just, it's not the best use of our, of our mind. Uh, for, it's not, it's not good for our mentality. We kind of have to push these feelings out because it's the truth is it's not our fault. And um, sometimes there is no answer to these whys. And so we need to kind of push those feelings aside and really focus on the acceptance of, okay, it's not my fault. This is what's happening now. What can I do and channel? Like I was saying, you know, channel all that energy towards what you can do to help your child. But yeah, common, common feelings that we all, we all deal with and we all have to face and then kind of move, move those aside in order to kind of move forward. How, how do you usually cope with these feelings? For example, when I get these kinds of thoughts, you know, that put me really down, what I do is I just get out of my house. I don't talk with anyone, not with Sanat, not with my parents, no one. And I take this really long walk or I'm just driving for half an hour until my mind clears out. Uh, how do you cope with things like that? I think that's so smart. We, we need those moments to unplug, right? We're, we're in this we're in these fights every day and we're giving it all our all but it, it really is smart to to take those that time for ourselves i do the same thing for me it's yeah it's a, oftentimes a walk outside really helps clear my head and um listening to some music uplifting music spending time pr- praying meditating and those really help me to kind of reframe my perspective i think as mothers we we need to be conscious and do that for ourselves from time to time. We need to pull out of the everyday, day in, day out, caretaking to clear our minds and then regroup and come back in. So important. It, it's, it kind of leads to the whole self-care, <laughs> you know, part of this, which I think as mothers, we're so accustomed to taking care of ourselves last, especially when we have children whose needs are so great. And when we feel like everything is so life-threateningly important, right? These scenarios are at the highest stakes. So it's hard for us to, to pull out and, and take those breaks, but it's so necessary. And it's a big part of what I'm preaching on Rare Mamas. And I have to remind myself <laughs> to walk my talk all the time. <laughs> So Nikki, you brought up two things I'm interested in learning more about. One is you spoke about self-care. I'd love to hear about some tips that you have. And I also want to hear about Rare Mamas and what you hope to accomplish with that. So self-care, like I was saying, it's, it's one of the things I, I really want to help moms recognize that is so important. I will be really honest. I am not the best example of this. I've kind of learned the hard way. And so now I'm trying to be smarter about it. I think at the beginning of my journey, I was so focused on my son and his needs um, because they were so great and I was fearing for his life. So 
my needs felt so secondary to that. And I wanted to spend my time helping him as much as I could, but I wasn't smart about it. I didn't take breaks. I kind of kept plowing through. And the truth is now today I'm feeling the effects. Now here, her, my son is eight years old now and he's in a wheelchair. So I spent a lot of time transferring him and lifting him and, and, I'm, t- I'm feeling the effects in my body now that he's gotten bigger and we've spent years. I've had to have a couple surgeries on my knee. I've had to have a couple injections in my back. So I've really learned the hard way, even though other parents and moms told me at the beginning of my journey, make sure you take care of yourself. And it was kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll do it once my list for my son is taken care of, then I'll do it. Let me just get this done and this done, and then I'll do it. And the truth is, uh, there's always going to be something I need to do for my son. The list is probably going to always continue on. And so if I wait till I'm done and caught up, I might be waiting till the end of time. So what I've learned now is I actually have to plan. Just like I plan for how I'm going to help my son, I need to actually plan in self-care. So I have to look at my schedule and I have to see where I can put it in there. It's, I've learned this over time. It's, we have to be smart about it. We have to be a little scrappy about it because we're rare disease parents and we have to strategize. So that's one of the things I want to share with other, other moms is to plan for your self-care. It's not just going to happen on its own. Okay. We have to look at our schedules and strategically see where we can fit that in. And at the beginning, it might be 15 minutes here. It might be 15 minutes there. Whatever we can steal is really going to help. For me, one thing that helps me is I wake up earlier than my son, quite a bit earlier. And I use that time in the morning for myself to pray and meditate and stretch my body. Because what I've learned is if I, my body is not stretched and tight, I'm more prone to injury. And that's what's happened to me. So now I take that time and it's a really, it's a really great way to relax and kind of set my goals for the day and just think about things before the day kind of starts throwing me what it's going to. I know that that might not work for everybody. There was a time my son was not sleeping through the night. And the last thing I would want to do at that time was wake up even earlier. So that might not work for everybody. And that's okay. That's just an example of something I'm able to do now, but maybe for another mom, that's not, this is the right time because they're not getting a full night's sleep. And maybe they need to sneak that time in, in the evening, for example, or when a spouse is going to be home or, you know, a lot of us take our children to physical and occupational therapy. And if, if during that time you don't need to be with your child, meaning your therapist um, can execute those, those, those things without you, that's even a time you can step out for 15, 20 minutes, get some fresh air, listen to some music. But what we're doing is basically we're, we're within the confines of what we have. We're looking for those little spaces where we can fit things in. Even my, my husband and I, during this quarantine, we've had to be so careful for my, because my son's disease does affect the respiratory system. So we've had to be really, really careful And so we aren't allowing a lot of people into our home and we're not going to a lot of places, uh, but we still need breaks. So even things, so such simple things as um, my parents coming over and watching the kids inside and my husband and I going outside and 
having dinner outside together. The kids are just inside. They're there if they, if they need, if, if they need us, we're here, but it's just a way to get a little break. Even something like on the weekends, my husband and I will take turns one day. He'll be the one that wakes up with the kids and I can use that morning to sleep in or go take a walk, get some exercise or write or read or what have you. And then the next day I'll do the same for him. And so just coming up with those little strategies in some ways, but we have to be really um, intentional about it. We have to think, think of ideas, plan it out, get our calendar out and schedule them in. This is great. I think I need to start doing a lot more of that. I'm in the early stages, as you said, where every time I get, you know, that 15 or 20 minute slot, I'm like, I better go do something for Raghav, get his diaper bag ready or get something else ready for him while before he wakes up. So I think I need to spend more time taking care of myself and also encouraging Sanat to do that. We we hardly do that. So yeah, I I will start doing it before it's super late. Thank you for that advice. Think smarter than me, please. (laughs) (laughs) I have already started going to the chiropractor now for the first time in my life. I never expected I will have to, but now that I start lifting, you know, Raghav more, both myself and Sanat, we've been there a couple of times. So yeah, I can I can see that it really takes a toll in the long run. It does emotionally, physically, you know, and this is common. This is all the rare disease parents I talk to. We all talk about this. And so we, we just really, we have to be smart about it. We really have to plan time to, um, to take care of ourselves. And in doing that, we really are taking care of our kids. So even in our minds, if we can't think of, okay, I'm doing this for myself, then we have to think about it. If I want to be able to continue to lift my son and take care of him, then I need my body functioning. So I really am doing this for him. Whatever we have to tell ourselves, but the point is it really is necessary. We really have to do this so so that we can continue on the long haul and be mentally and physically able to continue fighting this fight. So tell us a little bit more about Rare Mamas. What's the the vision there? What are you hoping to do and how are you doing it? Rare Mamas is really, I created it because I just remember the feelings at the beginning when my son was newly diagnosed. It was so overwhelming. It was frightening. I didn't know where to start. And I felt really alone, you know, looking around my neighborhood, my family and friends. I didn't see other families walking this road. And I didn't know where to turn for for answers, for information. It was one of the hardest times in my life. And so after a while of going through this, I started writing down all the things I wished I would have known when my son was newly diagnosed. All the things that could have helped me had I known them sooner. You know, after a time, you figure these things out because eventually you find resources, eventually you find information, but it takes so much longer because you don't know where to look, right? Because this is, these are rare diseases. This information isn't prevalent. And so I wanted mothers to be able to get this information sooner. I just felt like nobody should have to recreate the wheel. This should be readily available when someone, a mother gets a new diagnosis for their child this should be the information that they're given right away. So they can start helping their child sooner. They can start, you know, wrapping their head around the mindset they need to approach this journey sooner. So Rare Mamas 
is my way of helping mothers whose children are newly diagnosed with a rare disease disorder condition. I want to encourage them, uplift them, empower them. And I'm doing that through honest stories from my experience, um, sharing practical tips that helped me and that I've and talking to other rare parents has helped them. Um, encouragement, a little inspiration, sometimes a little tough love. And really, it's me trying to light a candle in the world and show other parents there's still hope and there's a way. And um, it's become my passion. And I just, I absolutely love this work. And it's really kind of, I think for me, it's my purpose from pain. And um, I'm really hoping I can help some other mothers. Rami and I really get that because that's what Raising Rare is about too. It's about how do we help those people that come along later? They're looking for resources. They're looking for hope. They're looking for the story. And so that's what Raising Rare does. So we have very like missions here. I think listening to the conversation and people should consider that as a demo. Here's how Rare Mamas will help you know, a, a mom that's has a newly diagnosed child, that kind of conversation, those kinds of resources, you gave practical advice, you gave deep, you know, mindset advice, you gave emotional advice. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And I'm wondering, how are you actually doing it? If I went to your website, what am I going to find? So right now it's, um, yeah, raremamas.com. And this is what basically I'm compiling all of what I hear collectively from the rare experience from other rare mothers, my experience, as well as other mothers who say, I'm, this is what I'm up against. You know, um, this is what I'm facing. And though our diagnoses are different and our children's diagnoses are different, we face so many common, so many common challenges, so many common experiences. So I'm kind of taking this collective of what I'm hearing. And then I'm trying to write um, information for these kind of pillars, mindset, the mindset that we need to approach this journey. So there's articles that you can read about the mindset that's needed. And then there's a whole section on tools and tips. And these are practical things such as you're, you're dealing with your, if your child goes to school, how do you, how are you handling um, the ins and outs of that with a child that has a rare disease that nobody's ever heard of at the school and they don't know how to approach it. There's tips for those kinds of things. There's tips about self-care. We just talked about, I have a whole article on, on self-care. And then there's inspiration in going through this. You know, it's welled up a lot of feelings for me. And so I'm, I, one of the things I want to do is really just be as, as honest and authentic as I can. So I'm sharing those feelings on there. There's a whole section of inspiration. There's poems and things I've written um, as a way for me to work through my feelings. And I, and I know, and I've heard that they're, they're con these common feelings. So I'm hoping they can give a little inspiration to other mothers going through that. And then in the future though, I'm going to be launching a podcast called rare mama's rising. And this is where I will bring on other rare moms who have gone through a difficult diagnosis or are walking the road of a different di dif difficult diagnosis for their child and who have gone on to make change for their child or the disease that their child has or that community or um, the rare disease community as a whole. And they're just, I, I meet these mothers and they're just, just like you, Ramia, there's so, such good examples of people who have dealt with such hard things and we're told such, you know, difficult 
diagnoses and yet have risen up and and are making change. And so I just want to highlight these moms because I I think you all are example your example for all of us to see what can happen if you if you just keep fighting and you keep choosing hope. So I'll I'll be launching that uh, as another way to get the message out. My plan is just to continue supporting mothers Eventually, I'll have a Rare Mamas Mentor program as well, where I have mothers who, like, for example, for me, my son's disease is in the neuromuscular category. And so I know that I I have some advice that could specifically help other mothers um, who are dealing with a neuromuscular diagnosis. And so I'd love to have mothers mentor the next mother coming up who needs help with that specific diagnosis um, or in the category that it falls in. So just trying to find ways to give mothers tactical information as well as inspiration and encouragement. And where do they find it? You go to raremamas.com. That's where you'll find the blog and all of the articles and eventually the podcast. And also you can find me on Instagram at rare underscore mamas. And you can email me if you have any specific questions or if I can help you in any way, I'd love to. And my email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I at raremamas.com. And that's R-A-R-E-M-A-M-A-S.com. Is there any final word you'd like to leave with our listeners? I think the final word is I just want to encourage you I know this is a really difficult road and we're faced with hard circumstances, but I just want you to know that you're doing good work. You're making the difference in the life of a child and few things are more significant. (laughs) Sorry. It chokes me up just talking about it. And uh, I just want to encourage you to keep going and keep choosing hope and keep shining your light. Raising Rare is produced by Salem Oaks empowering patients and caregivers to shape the future of medicine. CureGPX4.org is dedicated to finding a treatment and cure for SSMD. You can donate to CureGPX4 on the Raising Rare podcast page or at CureGPX4.org. You can continue to follow Raga's story next time on Raising Rare. (laughs) 